Greetings and salutations, and welcome to the Future of Law, Good Lawyers podcast series dedicated to exploring what is and what could be when it comes to the business of law and how we as lawyers can improve access to legal services for everyone. Each week, we interview thought leaders in the legal profession on how lawyers can evolve with the times and ultimately live more fulfilled lives. Our guest this week is Pina DiBiase, a lawyer, life coach, fashion blogger, and one of our very own good lawyers. As you will hear, Pina's legal journey is a little unconventional. After law school, she quickly discovered that a traditional firm wasn't a great fit for her and decided to strike out on her own. Despite foregoing the conventional mentorship found to one degree or another in a firm, Pina was able to build a successful and diverse practice. Her curiosity and her genuine desire to add value to her clients motivated her to develop pretty much any skill or competency she needed to get the job done right. While her technical prowess and abilities as a lawyer have never really been in question, what really sets Pina apart from many others is her insistence on practicing law in a manner true to herself. This means that when Pina takes on a client, she doesn't just do the work as quickly as possible and move on. Rather, she actually takes the time to get to know and understand her clients' businesses, even when it takes a little extra time and research to ensure she's giving them the most relevant legal advice possible. Her adherence to her values also means that the way Pina goes about actually practicing law looks a little different too. She has never been shy to challenge conventions, including what a lawyer should look and act like, and has always made her self-development and well-being a priority. Which, for any of you who have worked at a traditional firm, know that is not always the norm. My conversation with Pina was inspirational and perfect to start off the new year. Pina tells a very touching story right at the end that you will not want to miss. Alright, that's it for me. Please enjoy today's episode. Pina, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm great. How are you, Matt? I'm doing very well. Thank you very much for taking the time to come on the show. So I think just to start off, let's just get you to introduce yourself to our audience. You know, what was your journey into law? And obviously you've set up your own shop. I'd love to hear a bit about that experience and maybe some of the the lessons you've learned along the way. Sure. So um, my name is Pina DiBiase. I've been a lawyer for over 20 years. So my story starts a little bit different from a lot of people in law. My journey was when I was actually called to the bar, the economy was pretty bad. There were no jobs back in the day. And when I came out of law school, some of my friends uh, actually took jobs as construction workers. Can you believe that? So it was, yeah, it was really challenging at the time. It was uh, very different. And so it, I, I had a rough start in that there wasn't a lot available, right? So one thing I did know, however, I think I was very self-aware even back then. I always stood out in law school and just because of my personality and the type of person that I am, I love fashion. I'm just like, you can't miss me when I'm in a room. I, I just don't look like a typical lawyer, right? And I hate saying that, but it's how people react to me. People would always say, you're going to law school? Oh, I thought you would be in advertising or something because I look like more of a maybe creative type. Um, You know, even at the beginning, I always knew that I could not fit into the confines of a law firm, whether (laughs) it was big or whether it was small. My gut told me I couldn't fit into a mold 
or I couldn't try to be something that I was not because I show up as myself. Right. And I just had this feeling that it was just not going to be a, a comfortable fit for me. So big law was never even on the plate for me, even small law. And so I articled, I'm from Montreal originally. I articled in Ottawa. And once I was done my articles, I was back in Montreal looking for a job. I knew nobody in Toronto, but I had one friend here at the time. And this person was somebody I knew from my law school days and said to me, you know, knowing the kind of person I was, my personality, because I'm a very creative type and actually recommended that I sort of delve into entertainment law. And I thought, okay, I didn't even know what that is, but it sounds kind of cool. I'm around, you know, creative types. So my friend actually connected me to an individual here in Toronto who was an independent um, film and TV producer and um, big in Canada. So I thought, okay, so I connected with this individual and he had promised that he was going to be able to feed me some work. So I moved to Toronto. I actually knew nobody here. I had no friends, Uh no connections, you know, big city. And here I was with one client. Obviously, he couldn't hire me as an employee. So I was, you know, paying my own E&O insurance. I just sort of started up that way by default. I never really thought of it that way, but I had no choice. I wasn't going to take some other job outside of law. Here was an opportunity. Let me just run with it, right? So that's what I did. So I started doing work for this individual. And then, of course, I was kind of building my practice as I was going along. So I had other clients in, you know, small business clients, uh, some litigation clients, and I had zero experience as a lawyer. Like I just came out of school. I wasn't even in a law firm surrounded by mentors. Like it was just me. I would take the rules of civil procedure and try to figure out what I was doing. Luckily, I had a really good articling experience where it was very practical. So I was in court a lot and, and that helped me a lot because if I was doing research at a big law firm, I would be completely lost, right? (laughs) Right. So it was challenging. You know, one of the things I do remember, and I think any lawyer will tell you this, I remember now entertainment law is all contract driven. It's all uh, licensing agreements, independent writers agreements. And I was reviewing contracts, but I was like, I didn't know what an indemnification provision was. For example, nobody teaches you that in law school. Right. And I realized very, very quickly early on in my career that I'm going to have the challenge of learning the business in terms of being able to add that value to the client. So I realized that that was what I was lacking outside of like the technical law experience. But I kind of figured that I could I could wrap my mind around that. But I really needed to understand the business. Otherwise, how could I advise a client? Right? Exactly. That, and so I, I figured that out really early on. The other thing I figured out about myself and about being a lawyer was that I really had this kind of a natural ability to connect with my clients. And I don't even know, like I didn't even realize I was good at that, but it just, they were coming to me. They wanted to give me files. And I would even say to them, listen, I want to let you know, I don't have a lot of experience. And if I need to bring somebody in, depending on how this case goes, we're going to have to do that. And I was amazed myself at how clients were so open to wanting to hire me. Like, why? How is this even happening? And I was very upfront with them. And I realized that I think what they sensed in me was the fact that I was very authentic in the way that I wanted to help my clients. And I actually cared. And 
It's just the energy that I bring, right? And I think that they sense that. And I think it was really important for them that they saw that in me and they were willing to give me a chance. And I, that was uh, like an eye opener for me because again, a young lawyer with no experience and nobody around me to even help me. It was crazy. (laughs) And how did you bridge that gap between obviously being able to attract clients through your personality and your willingness to learn and all of that? But obviously the law has a very technical aspect. So how were you able to make that leap and gain that knowledge without, I guess, the formal mentorship process that many lawyers have by working at a firm or with other lawyers? Well, so I thought I wanted to be an entertainment lawyer at the time, right? So I said to myself, I need to learn the business. So what I did was I actually shut down my practice and I went to work in a non-traditional sort of legal role. I was a bilingual business analyst for a Canadian funding agency. And at the time they were called the Cable Production Fund. So I was basically, as an analyst there, I was funding and greenlighting projects that came on my desk. And so that role allowed me to really learn the business. I, I saw like every contract that came in because I had to conduct my due diligence. Like I understood how projects get financed in this country. And I understood we had certain like CRTC compliance rules. I learned a lot in that one year, but then I figured it out. And so I learned the industry by shutting down the practice and going to actually learn the business. I did that for a year and then I got bored and I was like, (laughs) I can't, and I can't do this anymore. I need to now go back to being a lawyer because now I've got that business experience and I know what to do, right? No, I I just think that that is such a critical aspect and maybe something that isn't emphasized enough, especially for lawyers who end up going into the, you know, corporate commercial world to to whatever extent, just Mm -hmm. the importance of having that business background and understanding how businesses function. And that was one of the things actually that really helped me when I first started articling and practicing as a lawyer is that I had worked in businesses before and understood, you know, a little bit how they tick and, and what's important oftentimes to businesses is getting you know, the solution, they don't care if your memo is perfectly organized exactly. and with all the right headings, they need the answer. Exactly. And that, that, that helped me gain a big advantage uh, over maybe some people who didn't understand that part of it. And it sounds like that's the same for you. Yeah, absolutely. I learned that really early on, right? But what happened after I left, I went back on my own. I always had a side hustle. I did product development. I did marketing. I had businesses. I was styling. I had fashion businesses. I always did that on the side, even as as an in-house counsel. So that was something that I... I think part of what, what gave me the ability to survive as a lawyer was the fact that I had something else that kept my creativity and my soul alive, right? Right. So what I did was when, I think after this experience, I started, obviously I was an in-house lawyer, never went to a firm, but I went into different industries. And so I worked in IT, I worked in consulting, I worked in outsourcing, manufacturing, infrastructure, the public sector, like you name it, right? And so again, I think just based on my first experience, I learned very quickly how to learn the business of of my clients. And so that just became something that I understood I had to do. And then once, you know, I started working on as an in-house counsel, I kind of focused on commercial transactions. I was that trusted advisor, but I was always supporting either a project delivery team or 
most typically like a sales team. I did a bit of contract management. I closed like I closed multi-billion dollar deals to like smaller deals. And I I think I always enjoyed the smaller deals more because I felt like there were less stakeholders. I had more control. I had more of a connection to what was going on. But, you know, that's the gamut of kind of like my experience. And then what I realized was that no matter what industry you go in, it's kind of the same theme, the same issues come up. And then I realized I was experienced enough to sort of learn the business. I knew how to deal with clients. I knew how to deal with individuals. When you're in-house, it's very different from you know being in a firm. You have to really know how to read people, set expectations. And I was really good at that. Yeah. Let's, let's jump on that because that's come up a couple of times. And I know one of the, I guess, concerns that some lawyers have is that getting to know your client's business and becoming that trusted advisor, that takes time. Mm -hmm. And we, as you know, typically work on the billable hour, uh, lawyers in general. And I think that there's always a bit of hesitation to delve in too deeply to get to know your client. How did you manage that? Because I know for myself, I'm a talker. You know, if you give me 15 minutes, I'll take 45. And sometimes that's not conducive to running an effective practice where you're actually being able to deliver and frankly, Mm -hmm. make enough money at the end of the day to justify it. How did you balance those two concerns? And or did you see a conflict between those two? Um, I think when you're in house, it's not billable hours. And so you have the ability to actually listen, I'm a firm believer in everything in life, you get out of it what you put in. I don't really, I don't have to use your time. I've run three businesses. So I'm always about becoming a better version of me, whether that's a better lawyer, a better business owner. I'm like really dedicated to that. And so for me, it's just a part of what I do. When I started like even, you know, doing entertainment, I was buying books on the entertainment industry and reading every minute I had so that I could understand how do I better serve my client? Like, am I going to get this through books? And I just, I've become, I think, very resourceful. And I honestly believe that if there is a willingness and a determination to learn something, at least I know for myself, I just wrap myself around it. And I, I actually never found after my first kind of experience I never found it that challenging I don't know why I just I think I didn't find it that challenging like yeah there's a learning curve I think for any new industry anytime you're in a new position but I found that I overcame that hurdle like pretty quickly and I think asking the right questions if you want to learn like you will you will get it That's a great point. And one of the themes that seems to be emerging here through our conversation is it sounds like you really made an effort to, I don't know what the right word is, but be true to yourself or be true to what interests you and letting that sort of guide your career trajectory and having the courage maybe to leave what others may perceive as a stable job with a good income and follow, you know, your curiosity. Is that just kind of built into you? Is that something you did intentionally? Cause it seems like, I know there's a lot of disillusioned lawyers out there who maybe don't love their jobs at the moment, but are a little bit scared of potentially trying something new. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah. So I was always committed to making sure that I was going to be presenting myself as the lawyer, but as, as the lawyer Pina that I am, I was always committed to making sure that I bring out Pina to the table, right? It's my personality. It's what I do. It's what makes me stand out. And 
Now it is intentional. It was intentional, but it took me a long time, I think, to get here because I probably shouldn't have been in house as long as I was. I think there was a part of me that just wasn't confronting the fact that as much as I was doing a good job, I was building good relationships. The work that I was doing didn't have meaning for me personally. And I think two years ago, when I left my last corporate in-house role, it was three months before the beginning of COVID. And I was actually, I was interviewing for other in-house positions and I was turning down roles. And that's when like, I realized the old peanut probably wouldn't have done that, right? So this, I was really proud of myself. And that was also a time when I had started doing life coaching and I was digging really deep into the soul of who I am as a lawyer. And I started to do a lot of internal work and I had evolved so much on a personal level that there was no way that I could actually step into a role that didn't align with like my energy. I've always been pretty good at listening to my intuition and my gut, but I've become much more intentional because I've kind of become like Project Pina and I, I do life coaching, but I made myself my first project and I want to be <laughs> successful, right? How can I help other people if I can't do this on my own? Who's going to want to listen and take advice right. from me on coaching if I haven't been successful at, you know, living my life and living my profession in my own truth and my life generally, right? And so I came back to like, why did I become a lawyer? What do I love about being a lawyer? What am I good at? What makes me a great lawyer? And how am I different from other lawyers? And I can tell you, you know, this place I was in was just so, so the opposite of my principles of what I believe in. It's not how I present myself as a lawyer and as a professional. And I I realized, you know, what is the point of going back to another in-house role, which I could very well do, but that can't be right for me. I have to really present myself as Pina. So I had to really figure out what I wanted for myself. And I, I actually realized that I have to customize my life. I think we are all responsible for creating a life that we want for ourselves and none of us really fit into a mold. And so I had to realize that it's okay for me to sort of step outside the box and just find who I am. So, and I meditate every morning and I meditated for like oh, the longest time. And I would ask the universe to show me signs on how I could use my law degree to serve my clients. Where in this legal world do I fit in, right? I mean, it took time, but I, I would meet the right people the, and the right events would, would pop up and like good clients would come in. And it was like, I was really clicking into the things that mattered to me and what was meaningful to me. So many things to pull on and what you just said there. I thought that was just some excellent thoughts. I really like the thought of that you seem to be surrounding yourself uh, with people that can pull things out of you that maybe you miss sometimes. And it's funny because some of our greatest gifts we take for granted sometimes, like they're just because they come naturally to us. You either assume that everybody sees the world that way or everybody has that. And we don't recognize them for the true superpowers that they can be. And then also just the focus on, you know, working on yourself first to get your house in order, which gives you a much better compass. I find when you you do enter into this chaotic world that we all live in, just allowing you to have that North Star 
to be true to yourself and to follow those passions and, 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 you know, make sure that whatever your profession with law or otherwise, that you're doing it in a way that, that makes sense to yourself. So I absolutely love that. You mentioned it already a little bit, you're becoming a life coach. What inspired that? And, and what types of people are you looking to assist in that manner? So I, I do things to work on myself. It wasn't something that I had thought about doing as a business. My last corporate job, I would wake up every morning. I started meditating years ago, but I would wake up because in order for me to go into that environment, I felt like I needed to be of the right, in the right mindset. I would go to work. I would show up. I was always happy, always in a good mood, always happy to like be there. And I dressed nice. Like I showed up and you knew that I was in the office because I was a, I was a positive presence. Right. And I started to notice that the people around me were nothing like me. And I would start to talk to people and tell them, you know, maybe you should meditate two two minutes a day. And they're like, no, no, I don't have two minutes a day. And I'm like, what, how is it that people don't want to invest in themselves? Now, the other thing that started to happen while I was there, and you can ask anybody that used to work with me, it's hilarious. We had uh, closed door offices. I had lineups at my door and to the point where my manager once pulled out the two chairs in front of my desk because people were lining up to talk to me. Now they were lining (laughs) up to talk to me because they either had a legal issue or they would come to me with like their life issues that they were dealing with. And so it was crazy. And I started to realize I was pretty good at guiding people. And I, I would like look at their problem and resolve it and tell them something that they probably knew, but were afraid to confront within like five minutes. I started to realize I'm really good at this, but it became very draining. And then when two years ago, I'd say when I left that place and then when COVID kind of started to take over, I was like, okay, I'm because I'm the kind of person that if I'm interested in something, I, I go deep, like I become an expert and I, I want to learn as much as I can. So I started like really studying on my own and I thought, okay, I started studying like neuroplasticity and all this kind of stuff. And I realized I really like this stuff, but I really need to make it work for myself. And so I worked on Project Peanut. <laughs> I started two years <laughs> ago and, and that's what kind of helped me also come to this realization. And it's an ongoing daily practice, right? Like we work our muscles and our bodies. We work our brains. Like we want to become good lawyers. We delve into matters, but we don't realize the potential and the power that we have within our, our brain and how we need to be our own best friend. And instead of being our own worst enemy, and a lot of people become their own worst enemy. And I started delving into this and it just, I was fascinated by it. And so I just, I I know that I am a different person today than I was two years ago. I realized also when I talk to people that I am, I've evolved so much and that's what allows me to be able to help other people with their issues. But you know, I have to tell you, I, I live with intention every single day. Like, like, I feel like I have my own brand. Pina the lawyer is a brand. My brand is I care about my clients. I, I respond quickly. Like that's my brand and I live it every single day and I am true to that brand. 
my life coaching business, the same thing. I have a beauty business. It's the same thing. And I think I've become also very aware of understanding how to service clients because I have other businesses. I've been on the other side. And so client satisfaction and customers client service is extremely high on my list of priorities. It is the essence of my brand, right? Yeah. Yeah. I was just having a conversation the other day with someone and we were talking uh, about how much unlocked potential there are in people who frankly, for whatever reason, whether life has beaten them down or circumstances or whatever, that have so much potential, but just never are able to, to bring that out because it seems like they don't believe it themselves. And just it, how much better a place we would be in if we could start unlocking some of that. And it sounds like that's what you're doing with your life coach and which, you know, is incredible. Cause I think a lot of times, like you said, people, have these issues or blocks in their life that uh, sometimes can see unlocked by simply having someone who says, no, you can do it. And so that's obviously just incredibly inspiring. And, and you mentioned too, that you coach a lot of lawyers. I would love to hear just, you know, do you have any advice or what type of advice do you have for maybe young lawyers starting their career to, to learn from your experiences and maybe to put them on the path as, as quickly as possible to getting to that state where they are practicing or working in a way that makes sense to them and that, you know, wakes them up and keeps them alive. I'd love to hear uh, your thoughts on that. Well, I think the first thing is it, like you meant, it is internal work, right? And then it's believing that it's possible. And the one thing I tell them, you know, can you believe that it is possible to be a happy lawyer? Like you can actually be a happy I don't believe lawyer. it. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I mean, that's what I strive. That's what I str- I've striven to do, right? And that's that's been my goal. And so they need to believe that. And I think that the best thing that I can do is be that role model for somebody. So when they look at me and they're like, okay, so she's a lawyer, but she's the happiest lawyer I've ever met. Like, how is that? Well, I'm not special. I'm just like everybody else, but I've done it because I've, I've worked towards it and I've wanted it very badly. So I've done the work and And I can tell you the work never ends. It is every single day because I'm committed to fulfilling my purpose on this planet. And one of my purposes is to be a good lawyer to serve my clients. I think the other thing is, and the thing I tell them is, you have to know that you need to do work that is meaningful to you, whatever that is to you. For me, it's working with small to medium-sized business clients. It's um, advocating for human rights. It's adding value and helping my clients succeed. And for me, it's knowing that I'm there for my client. Like I know when I get off the phone with my client, they feel comforted. They feel relieved. They know that I've got their back. They're not as stressed out as when they picked up the phone to talk to me because (laughs) As a lawyer, like you're dealing with people who are in crises, you're dealing with people who have problems to resolve, right? And I put myself in their situation. You need to be able to figure out if that's something that you even enjoy doing, right? And it's okay if you don't, not everybody's going to like certain aspects of law, but you need to align your personality to a practice area of law that speaks to your soul. That's the only way you're ever going to be fulfilled. That's the only way I believe you're ever going to be successful. And it's the only way to grow, right? 
Right. And I think you have to face your fears. Part of the problem that lawyers, lawyers have is we're all risk averse. We have great qualities, <laughs> great qualities, but the technical part of law is one thing, but you need to be able to take a chance and try maybe a different practice area, delve into it, try it on, see if you like it. Maybe you might, you might surprise yourself. If I was afraid of trying something new, I never would have seen what was on the other side. Right. So you have to, you have to let go of that fear. I think being a lawyer is almost just like living life. You learn every day. Life is, it's a classroom. Being a lawyer, it's no different. It's you're learning each and every day. You are right. a student of law for life, just like you are a human student of life in the real world, right? So it's a mindset. And if you are open to it and and believe and give yourself that confidence and that opportunity to see what's out there, the possibilities are endless. You will yes. become so much of a better lawyer, a better human. You're going to interact with people and help people in ways that you never even thought possible, right? Yes. That's important. Hugely. And, you know, just touching on that point, I've found for myself that life can, obviously, it has a grind element to it, no matter what you do. Like there's things every single day that you have to do that maybe you don't particularly want to do. But I've just found the power of reframing things into exactly what you were just talking about as an opportunity to learn and maybe conquer things that I haven't yet conquered or get better in areas that I have not challenge myself in instead of just being like, oh, this is another task I need to get through. You know, that alone can take you from potentially having a, a really bad day to having a very interesting one. You know, perspective is is so powerful. And and touching on something you said earlier, I have one of the mantras I have in my life and that where I have written many places that, you know, if you don't believe in yourself, nobody else will. Exactly. And I think just getting back to your point of starting with yourself, doing that internal work, which is sometimes, frankly, the scariest work you can do. Mm-hmm. But getting your house in order first is, is just so important for no matter what you do. And I, I just love that perspective. I also think it's, um, you have to have a why, right? right? You can't say I'm a lawyer just because I have a title. Like that's not going to get you out of bed every morning. That's not going to give you the passion, the drive that you need. You have to have a why. And I, I know for myself, when I was in the corporate world, I don't think I had a why, to be honest. That's why what I did have was my side hustles that kind of fulfilled my soul in a sense. I had a, a good paycheck. Right. But and I did a good job, but I, I wasn't passionate about my what I was doing. But I jump out of bed in the morning. I I see the big picture. And that's, you know, I you have to have a mission statement. You have to have an idea of like what's your brand as a lawyer? Every lawyer has a brand. I don't care. You have to build yourself and create yourself in the way that works for you. And if you think about it, like for me, for example, I don't love litigation. I never thought of it as being like my forte, but I've realized that I'm pretty good at it when I know what my end goal is. I'm fighting for my client. I'm doing the right thing. And so I see the big picture and somehow it makes all the little issues bumps along the road very palpable. It's fine. I can deal with you know, another motion, I can deal with the things that maybe I know I don't necessarily love. But when I'm I know that I, I have a purpose, and I have a mission, and I can see the big picture, 
it's it's fine it's it's okay you know right absolutely so i'm curious obviously someone with your background yeah, I mean, you can pretty much set your own stage however you want. And this is only partially a self-serving question here, but what, what attracted you to Good Lawyer? Why this platform? And, and what was it about that that you thought would go well with your brand? Well, it's it was so such an easy decision, to be honest with you, because it just, um, it felt, it felt right. And I feel like what good lawyer does really aligns with my purpose and my mission, right? Which is a couple of things. One, what I find is that you want to, first of all, remove the stigma that lawyers are expensive. You can't reach a lawyer. I can't talk right. to a lawyer. Every time I pick up a phone, I don't have $600 an hour to speak to a <laughs> lawyer, right? And so it's that access, that accessibility and it's access to justice. And it's, right. you know, here in, here in Ontario, and I'm pretty sure probably across Canada, I know that the Ministry of the Attorney General has made a concerted effort around um, they're going to be figuring out innovative ways to make sure that clients have easier access to justice. Because let's face it, lawyers are expensive. And outside of the big corporate clients, the small guy, the small business owner, it's a lot for them to pay $2,000, $3,000 in legal fees. It's not easy. And even that's at the low end of the, the, the scale. But they will do that because they know that they're going to they're gonna have access to a lawyer. And that empowers them, let me tell you. Uh, when they pick up the phone and they know that they can talk to me, they... Like I can sense it in them if they have a negotiation with somebody else. Like I, I also work with them to empower them as well because I use kind of like my life coaching strategy and I see a different client show up. They feel empowered and it's a big thing for them to feel like I could afford a lawyer. I can talk to a lawyer. I, it fills that gap, Absolutely. you know, for the me a small to medium sized businesses, which I think was not there before. And two years ago, when COVID started, I started to realize, oh, my God, like things are really changing in a fantastic way, because the legal profession is so old, it's so archaic. I think part of it was maybe it was intentional, because they want people to feel like it's all this mysterious, it's we're in a mysterious <laughs> castle, right? Right. And we have the keys to the castle. And it's like, how do you navigate through that? And I think that you know, good lawyer is, it's very innovating in the way that they are now bringing clients and lawyers together. And I personally, I want to be on the forefront of this change, right? I see a lot of potential, I see a lot of opportunity, and I think it's an amazing thing. So it's exciting for me to be able to be a good lawyer, working with, you know, clients on the platform. I, I love it. I mean, the clients are great. But what Good Lawyer is doing is just something that really speaks to me. And I think it's, it's a wonderful contribution to the legal profession and much needed. Oh, that's uh, touching to hear, let me say, because obviously when you're uh, building a startup for anyone who has done that, you know, it, it, it can be a grind. There's no question about it. And sometimes you wonder if your message is getting through, if like, you know, what you're doing is obviously helping. And just to hear someone, especially of your caliber, resonating with some of our core values is just special to hear. And yeah, obviously we hope to be able to deliver on all those promises and we're going to be working as hard as we possibly can to keep uh, innovating and, and bringing that uh, together.
together. So it's a pleasure having someone like you on the platform too, which is uh, help obviously without people like yourself, good lawyer is nothing. So it's uh, incredible having people like yourself come on and join us on this journey. And it's a fun journey. And I, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm, and I've told you this and I, and I tell everybody, I am a big fan of good lawyer and I, I can see a very bright future and I, uh, I want to be a part of that. Like you can sense Amazing. the excitement when you talk to me, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, I'm cognizant of your time. You are a lawyer after all and have clients to, to help, but I do just want to get a couple quick last questions in here. The one mm -hmm. that I always ask to all the guests is if you could change one thing about the legal profession, what would that be? And it could be anything from you know, the mindset lawyers bring in to something structural, but I would just love to hear if you have uh, any thoughts on that. For me, it would be, and again, this also speaks to, I think, my mission and how it's aligned with good lawyers is that I, I strive to like get rid of that stigma that people have about lawyers. I am tired of those lawyer jokes. I'm <laughs> not that kind of lawyer. And that's what I bring to my profession. And when I speak to my clients, it's that we're good lawyers. We care right. about our clients. And, you know, it's possible to have a lawyer who is doing it for the right reasons, right? And I think my goal is to sort of change the perception of what a lawyer is. Um, and that's kind of like my big picture mission. You know how I said it's so important to have a bigger picture as well. My goal is to really change the perception out there of, uh, of what a lawyer is because there's too much stigma attached to it. Amazing. That's, that's such a great answer. And yeah, resonate with everything you just said there. And, and can then, I tell you a story? Oh, please, please. <laughs> okay. I have to just, I had to get the story out. I think that there are triggering events in our lives. And I think a triggering event for me was throughout my career, I've always, as I said, showed up as as pina now years ago like this is like a few positions back i was working for a huge company global company and i would go to the client side and i would show up as pina meaning like addressed you know to the nines show up with my big personality my smile um you know park my little sports car outside this was at the client side and our company would go there and do whatever we had to do and um this was probably, I was maybe a month into the project and I got a call from one of the partners on the project for the company I was working for. And he basically said to me, can you just not dress as nice when you come to the client side? And I thought, what are you talking about? Yeah, because they were complaining about you because your outfits are, you know, like you stand out and, and it's not good. That changed my life because, and, and in a good way, but that, that incident really kind of uh, changed me and made me realize even more so the importance of like being your true self. And after that, after that, I mean, it took me a while to sort of go, did I do something wrong? What's going on? Then, then I sort of came to the realization there would, the issue had nothing to do with me, obviously, but it made me. It, it made me sort of really think about how I present myself to the world and how I will never, ever, ever give in and try to be something that I'm not, right? And so I sort of took that with me 
throughout the <laughs> my entire career. And so I became, I think, even more so like fashionista girl. Everybody in Toronto knows me as the lawyer with the great outfit. So from that experience, I actually started a fashion blog. And part of my mission was to show people that lawyers are three-dimensional human beings and we bring our personalities to the table, right? And that just, that made me realize even more so how important it is to be your authentic self. So when I see people trying to fit into a mold and I know that they're your soul suffers when you are trying to be or do something where you don't belong. Those are the kinds of people that I want to help because I've, you know, I didn't become myself by accident. And I, I want people to know that it's the only way to be happy in life. And especially in the legal profession, people go into it thinking they're boxed into, you know, I spent all this time uh, studying this or being being in this position. I only know tax law. I only know this area of law. I'm scared to like venture out. No, like life has so much to offer, but you just need to have the courage and the conviction to show up as you and, you know, the universe will show you the way. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's, that's, uh, that's an incredible story. No comments here. I think I'm just going to let that one sink in because you said that perfectly and as super inspirational. Look, I, I think that is, I don't think we're going to top that, frankly. So <laughs> I think this might be a great place to end. Other than to ask you, I think there's going to be a few people who are going to want to find out more about you. Where's the best place that they can, whether it be your fashion blog or your life coaching or anything else, where's the best place that they can find you? Yeah. So I'm actually, my mothership website is currently under construction. It's going to be superpina.ca. And <laughs> in there, there's going to be links to my um, beauty site and my life coach coaching site. So I'm like pretty much blasted. You can't miss me on LinkedIn. I'm pretty much everywhere. And I find that people find me when they're, when they want to find me, I'm out there <laughs> and just Google my name. All my big projects are going to show up. Amazing. Amazing. Well, I think uh, a few might be doing that very thing. And this is one of the privileges I have by just running this podcast is get to get to speak to fascinating people like yourself that was uh i was excited about this one as uh, as i was telling you before the show and thank you so much for taking the time with us today oh my god it was my pleasure and honestly um i'm all about sharing stories because i think that's what people connect with so yeah no that was my honor to be here today thank you so much If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to check out goodlawyer.ca slash podcast, where you'll find every episode along with the show notes and resources. You can also sign up for Good Lawyer's newsletter that keeps you up to date on all the info and tools you need to turn your business into a rocket ship. Until next time, we hope you have a great week.